It's time to play ball. Welcome to the podcast with no limits. Whether it be sports, current events, or random thoughts, this is the place to step in and stay a while. Your host is a proud alumnus of Rio Hondo Prep, a former minor league baseball umpire, and a man with strong opinions. Welcome to the Get Home Safe podcast and your host, Matt Persima. Hey guys, and welcome to another episode of Get Home Safe. It is Tuesday, May 26th, 2020. Really hope everybody had a great Memorial Day yesterday. We touched on it a little bit uh, yesterday uh, regarding Memorial Day and how special it is. I saw a lot of posts of people sharing different foods and barbecues and kind of the different versions of those things that we normally see with the lockdown and everything. So that was kind of cool to see. I just kind of scrolled through social media a little bit. And then I honestly, I was a little lazy, sat around and watched a bunch of World War II documentaries, tried to learn a few things about the uh, men and women who served and and who went through some pretty tough times back in the day. So I I don't know, I I had a good time. It was nice. Nice just sitting around and, uh, you know, that's not good all the time, but I think every now and then it's, uh, it's, it's a good thing. So I knew a few friends that went out to some beaches yesterday and they said that, you know, it was pretty crowded. There was a lot of, a lot of people. So I think we're starting to see a little bit more of uh, people getting out and about, a little bit of normalcy, if I if I can say so myself, just uh, day by day, just a little by little. I, I think there's some good things ahead, and we're gonna see a lot more of that. I know Memorial Day generally is like the the kickoff of summer. I kind of touched on that yesterday. There's a lot more to it, of course. However, it is the official start of summer. And I think as we move into June here shortly and and the summer months, it'll start to warm up. Hopefully that will help things out as uh, some of experts have told us the heat will. But we'll we'll see what happens. Today on the show, we have Renzo Roel. I went to high school with Renzo. He was a member of our graduating class. One of the nicest men you will ever meet, quite honestly, but a good friend of mine. He's a marriage and family therapist. He's also a... Uh, adjunct professor at the University of Laverne. He's doing a little bit of uh, kind of uh, management, uh, overseeing kind of some things uh, at the clinic, the clinic and, and stuff he's at right now. But I don't want to mess any of that up. We'll let him tell you all about that. Really looking forward to sitting down with him and having that conversation. Uh, I mentioned to you guys yesterday my black eye from my Lovely girlfriend, Valerie. No, she did not punch me. It was an accident, but it swelled up pretty good. And you know what? I've been giving her a hard time, and she just feels so awful about it every time she sees me. And and, and I probably shouldn't tease her as much, but it's been a little bit of fun doing that as well. <laughs> anyway, I really hope uh, you all have enjoyed the most recent episodes. Dave Gimby was yesterday. We had some great guests last week that you can go back and listen to. I still continue to see those episode playlists uh, uh, rise, uh, even though they've happened quite a ways, quite a bit of time ago. So thank you for tuning in. Uh, we have all kinds of stuff on social media still with our, our upcoming guests, and I've got some great feedback from everyone as well. I know I keep saying that, but that's just how things are. So as always, you can follow us on Anchor is our official way that we that we put out the podcast, but uh, many of you listen to it through Spotify and Apple and other platforms as well. So we appreciate that wherever you listen. Thank you for, for tuning in at some point and even going back and listen to some previous episodes. Let's get right to the Renzo Roel interview. We will have a short message from our sponsor before we get to it, but make sure to sit back and relax and enjoy a little conversation with Mr. Renzo Roel soon after. Enjoy. Okay, today on the program we have Renzo Roel. He is a marriage and family therapist. He's also an adjunct professor professor at the University of Laverne. We'll get into all of that right away, but first, Renzo program. Matthew, it's nice to be here, man. <laughs> Happy you are here. What is going on, my friend? It's it's been a while. Yeah. What was it like December? Last time we got together? I think it was our, our Christmas Eve uh, meetup gathering uh, with the, the family. And uh, 
little In-N-Out burger and exchange of uh, Christmas gifts. Yes, that we do every year. And hugs. <laughs> That's your favorite part. I, I kind of <laughs> I, I do the backpedal. Uh, but no, it was it was uh, good to see you. And I did not. Uh, no one anticipated all of this to be occurring. So uh, what can you tell me about what life has been like, uh, family life, personal life, uh, just with this whole COVID-19 lockdown we're in? Um, I think, well, I have two boys, uh, Cameron and Matthew, and they're two and two years old and 10 months. So they've been loving this. They get to be with mommy all day. And they just wouldn't have it any other way. Um, we were, we haven't really had to explain to them why, you know, they don't go anywhere else. Um, they, they just love going on walks, wrestling, doing all sorts of boy stuff. And yeah, it's, it's been a blessing for them. Um, for us, it's been a little tougher because of work and, mm-hmm. and the two boys, um, <laughs> But yeah, it's, it's been it's been really nice at most of the time. Well, it's got to be nice that there's there's that innocence that uh, that they have that they, they hey, their life's going going along just fine. They don't understand necessarily what's going on. And that uh, that's got to be nice to be around because life life does go on. I mean, we all are in this together and we have to get through it as best we can. Yeah, I, I hate it when people say we're in this together, but I, I think they're right in this. <laughs> I know it's the, it's the cliche uh, thing thing to say, right? Uh, yeah. yeah, no, I hear you. I hear you. There, yeah, there's definitely <laughs> some other <laughs> outlook into that. Well, well, Renzo, you're a marriage and family therapist. Uh, you, you also you you teach a little bit at the University of Laverne. Tell me about uh, how you got into the family therapist uh, route and how how that all came about. Um, I was thinking life over. I was at PCC and I was with my older brother, Eric, and we're, we're talking and I'm like, I don't, I don't know what I'm going to do. And he's like, you know, you're good at, you're good with talking with people. And I was like, maybe he goes, yeah, you should. And you like psychology. And I was like, yeah, I do. And he goes, well, maybe you should look into that. And that led me to talking to a couple of uh, professors at PCC, and now I'm here. <laughs> How long have you been doing uh, this type of work? Woo. It, it's not woo-worthy, but um, <laughs> uh, sheesh, what's it been? It's probably six years now. Okay. Yeah. And and I guess what what would be... Uh, if you had to pick, there's probably more than one or two, but if you had to pick a couple, what would you say is the hardest part of your job and also the, the, uh, the best part of it? Well, right now my job consists of um, just helping other clinicians engaging and, and continuing services with their clients. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not, I'm not case carrying anymore, so I don't see any, any more kiddos personally. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I think the toughest part for me is keeping up with the, all the protocols that the Department of Mental Health for LA County sends us our way. Mm-hmm. Um, you had AJ on the, the realtor, and he talked about paperwork for realtors. I, it's, it's the same for the Department of Mental Health. Um, they send us new protocols weekly, and it's just keeping on top of all that stuff. And, yeah. Oh, sorry. Yeah. Oh, and, and the best part is my interactions with the clinicians. They're, it's an incredible group, incredible team that I'm a part of. Um, they're really good people, really smart people and hardworking. It's just, that's fun. That's a lot of fun. Is there a specific uh, name of the company? Um, I don't, I don't want to sound ignorant here, but the the uh, the group you work with uh, of something like that? Yeah, I work with uh, or for Victor Treatment Centers. Okay, and they're uh, they're a provider. It's called a provider uh, for the Department of Mental Health in LA, but mm-hmm. Victor is everywhere, all over California, and our main goal is to work with foster kids 
and their families. Interesting. And so you say it says marriage and family. So there are times you're working with married couples just to kind of, uh, or, or you have in the past, and, and then they also have done some work with Julie. Is that how kind of, kind of it works? Kind of. Um, it, it's, it's really the license. It's, you know, you're prepared to work with practically anybody. Um, and so that's, it's just the licensing name and, and what you've been trained for. My focus has been mm-hmm. more with, with youth. Okay. And, and obviously you got some experience working with kids before, maybe not in this circumstance, but you, you coached at Real Hondo Prep and Carry Youth League for a while after graduating Real Hondo. So it's got to be uh, some similarities, but also some differences, right? Because you're not talking about <laughs> you're coaching up a kid or uh, maybe you're providing some Bible lessons and such things like that when you're, when you're coaching. But this is obviously a totally different uh, scenario. I think you'd be surprised how um, in line it is. It, mm-hmm. It's a lot of relationship building. And mm-hmm. one of the biggest markers for a successful clinical relationship is the trust that you have with the client and the hope that you have for the client to be better, get better. And, and that has a lot to do with the rapport that you build initially, um, how you know, genuine the client believes that you are. And it's, it's just, and I feel like that's a lot of, of what coaching is. It's, it's that relationship. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We, we, relationships seems to be the consistent theme of everyone I've talked to in any line of work they go into. They reflect back on their, their days with their teammates and, and friendships in high school and, and soon after. But as everyone has kind of grown into, their career paths, that is the one constant in trusting people and, and just working with people, using your people skills. <laughs> I mean, the lessons we learn early in life, we don't realize what we're learning them at the time, but they really come into place for us later on in what we do. Oh, yeah. I, I feel like every single job that I've had has kind of molded me for what I'm doing now. And Mm-hmm. now that I see that, I kind of figure, okay, what I'm doing now is molding me for what I'm going to do in the future. <laughs> so you're an adjunct professor at the University of Laverne. You've been doing it, you said, about a year. Is that right? And wh- what is what has that experience been like for you? What class are you teaching? How, what's going on over there? Oh, man, it is so much fun. Um, I've only, I only do one class, and I started in the fall. And I took a break this semester, but I'm hoping to do it again in the fall coming up. I, um, the class that I'm teaching is called Intergenerational Transmission. Mm-hmm. And that kind of talks about um, how previous generations can affect the current generation or generations below them. Um, and it's just such an incredible class to to sit there and teach with, with the students. And then, you know, kind of seeing light bulbs come up and, and seeing things that their parents and their grandparents have done that, that are leading them towards something and, and then being able to change it. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, you worked all this time in college and different levels to try to try to get to, uh, to your career path, and now you find yourself back in the classroom teaching. You say you're really enjoying it. Is it something that you find yourself maybe doing more of on a on a bigger platform in the future? Uh, I wouldn't say no to it. I would I would enjoy okay. it. I think um, I think what I'm doing with Victor right now though is is really rewarding, and um, I, I feel like I can do a lot of good in that position, impact a lot of people in that way um but mm-hmm. man the the teaching at laverne uh any teaching in general for me is, is that it's, it's just so much fun <laughs> well there's not much i generally have to say 
that is positive about colleges or college uh, <laughs> university professors. So you are one of the first uh, good guys I, I know or can talk good about who's uh, educating a classroom. It is, is definitely refreshing. Yeah. And, and I mean, I'm hearing you say that, but then, you know, I, I took a class <laughs> with Revisa. I think you took one too, right? Mm-hmm. And I, I, yeah. I think a lot of, a lot of his teachings, a lot of the way that he, uh, I'm going to say performed in front of the class yeah, is, is stuff that I try to do. Oh, definitely. And for those who, who don't know, uh, Dr. Ken Revisa, he's uh, since passed on, but he was a professor at Cal State Fullerton in sports, uh, basic, what was this? Men- mental sports performance, basically. Yeah. yeah. Or the I psychology his, uh, of, yeah. I took his relaxation class. He's one of the top sports huh. psychologists in the world at the time. Yes. Mm-hmm. That was, yeah, hands down, my favorite uh, experience was with him and hearing him talk about all of his stories with Olympians and baseball players and just uh, all different tactics he would use and how that the, the mind is so important almost as or, or more important than the physical training you do as an athlete. So it was, it was mind blowing to say the least. Yeah. One of my favorite professors for sure. Uh, Renzo, you spoke about your kids recently. Uh, Corolla, your wonderful wife. She, uh, she's puts up with you as well. I'm sure Uh, she's in a similar, well, maybe not similar line of work, but uh, she's also in a line of work where she is like, giving to others, helping others. And anybody who knows the two of you just know that you guys are are a great match for each other, but just there's no surprise that the two of you are, are very helpful to other people. And and what can you tell me about a little bit about what she, or if if there's been any change, you said she's home more, but but what is the type of work she's in again? She's a social worker Mm -hmm. for the County of Orange. Mm -hmm. And um, her job has mostly turned into um, kind of video conferencing her clients mm-hmm. and documenting all just, you know, the same stuff that she was doing before. Um, but a lot of times it's, it, it's really important for her to have eyes on her clients, on her, on her kids that she oversees because, you know, at this time it's the, the amount of abuse that is occurring at home's is unfathomable mm. to me right now. And, and, and I think, um, I think I read that the reports to the department of uh, children and family services has reduced. And I think it's because less people are seeing these kids like teachers mm-hmm. and coaches, um, and just out and about. So there's abuse happening, but it's not, it's not being reported. It's not being seen. And, and these kids are going to be living with this abuse for longer than, than they need to. That's, that's so such an unfortunate thing to, to hear. And, you know, with this whole COVID lockdown scenario we have, you know, there, there's arguments on both sides and everyone, you know, people don't think about these type of side effects that, that are as a result of things being shut down, quote unquote, distance learning and, and all these things that, yeah, I mean, it's it, it. I don't like hearing it, but I understand it. You know what I mean? Like, I, 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 like it makes sense. I'm like, oh yeah, logic says if there's if there's more bad things uh, happening and and less reporting of it, like that's just the way things, the dominoes have fallen. Uh, that's a very unfortunate situation. Yeah, and and I think when there was whispers of of the lockdown the people in, in my industry, that was the first thing we thought of. Mm-hmm. Oh my goodness, these kids aren't going to see anybody. Mm-hmm. Or these wives or husbands who are being abused domestically, they're not going to see anybody. And I think it's it's getting worse than, than we thought it initially it was going to be because of the, the, the catch and release type idea that the policy that's come about where, where the, there's no bail. You know, you just, you get caught and then you get released right away. And okay, so what do you do now? If you're a, a wife that's running away from, 
from an abusive husband. Wow. Yeah. And, and, you know, I didn't really think about this stuff and I'm sure there's plenty of others who don't think about this. So next time, you know, there's talks about whether we should open up or not, you know, people need to realize that there's bigger things. It's not just people being greedy and wanting to get back to work, which that's there. It's a lot of people's comments and it's not greed. People, people just want to work and provide, you know, and then when you hear stories like this, it just breaks your heart and it fires me up even more that, uh, we need to get back to the way things were, um, not, not this new, new normal talk. No, for people like you're talking, yeah, yeah, for people like, like you're talking about they're, they're the new normal to them is, is suffering. It's, it's horrible. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I, I wish there was, you know, something that could be done in that way. Um, but right now, it looks like it's not going to be happening anytime mm. soon. Well, my prayer is that it uh, that we do have some success and and open things up, and it's not just for for personal uh, gain. It's it's for for people like that that are kind of the un, the uh, the forgotten people, you know. Uh, Renzo, I don't know how you and Corolla do what you do and have this positive vibe about you guys. Anytime I'm around you, you're all smiles. You're you're both joking. Uh, for to see and hear the things you guys do, it, it's got to be heartbreaking. And, and in my mind, you guys are both very, very strong people for it. Um, well, Corolla is a saint. <laughs> um, she is amazing, and I think I think you would agree with me when I say that I I married up. Yes. Um, Okay, not that quickly. <laughs> She's amazing, but the the incredible thing, Matt, is that I am reminded. Oh my goodness, I am reminded how much I married up every single time I see her mm-hmm. become a mother and continue to be a mother and just raise our kids. It is. Um, I I don't even have words for it. I'm I'm totally amazed by her. <laughs> Well, she's a great person, and uh, you're not so bad yourself, my friend. And, and I was really happy to see you guys uh, get married. It was a, it was a lot of fun, uh, and just you know, couldn't be happier for the two of you, and, and just honored to be a friend to both of you. And because of what you guys do, it's it's really powerful stuff. Uh, God bless you and her, and and everyone else out there who's doing it. I appreciate it. Well, Renzo, let's talk about the past a little bit, huh? Uh, we both, okay. <laughs> we both graduated Rio Hondo prep 2003. You were one of my 14 other classmates. Yes. You heard that right. 15 members of the class of uh, 2003. And we met in seventh grade. You were at Rio Hondo prep. I was there as well. You played on Atlantic, a team that I had a lot of rivalries with as a kid but we never crossed paths, and I don't remember exactly how it went down. You were playing on another level or something. What was it exactly, your Carey Youth League experience going into Rio Hondo Prep? Yeah, well, um, I mean, it's pretty safe to say that I was always playing on a different level than you were, <laughs> But I, I had a friend um, who got me into the program, and he was – he's in the grade below us, and um, – and I had a birthday that, that allowed me to play with him. Oh, yeah. So um, Mr. Moore, our coach, um, he said, hey, why don't you play with us instead? You can play with your friend and blah, blah, blah. And I was like, all right, whatever. I, I, you know, I don't know anything about sports. Um, and I, I'm saying no as a present tense. I, I know nothing about sports, so I'll, I'll do it. And I had a blast with them. Um, my Mr. Moore recruited me into the school. I'm using the word recruited, but he said, Hey, you should go to the school. (laughs) And, and there was a couple of suicides, I believe, and shootings at uh, Doherty high, which is where I would have been Mm -hmm. going. And my parents were like, okay, we're going to do whatever it takes to get you into Rio. And I didn't have any strong opinions at that time. So I was like, okay, whatever. They get to go to more field trips than I would have gone to. All right, let's go. <laughs> um, 
so I get into Rio and I'm a super shy kid. And um, I think, yeah, we're with Mr. Carson, Todd Carson at that time. Yeah. And I just really gravitate to him and his personality and, and just the way that he cared about people and, and us and me. And I think that that did wonders for me. Oh, absolutely. I mean, likewise here, and, and Todd was so influential to us, and we were his first class. He was coming out of coaching in the youth program. Uh, it was a special time. And before we continue, Renzo, I do want to say your parents, you know, they've always been so nice to me. Uh, they feel like family. They're they're wonderful people. Mr. and Mrs. Rowell, you have a great brother, uh, two brother Eric and uh, Danny, but your parents have got to be just two of the, the best people I've ever met. They are so kind. I, I look at them and I'm like, oh my goodness, this is this is Renzo cut into two here. <laughs> this is this is both of them in in him. Uh, it, it was crazy to see and and just what can you tell me about uh, your parents and and maybe their their story even a little bit? Oh man, they have they have an incredible story. Um, so we came to the United States when I was five. Um, they they moved my my brother, my older brother, Eric, and I over here. Um, and it's, so the story goes that my dad, who didn't want to go into the drawing, it's, it's called, we call it the lottery mm -hmm. down there. And it's, they, they're giving out, the United States government is giving out visas to Peruvians to come to the United States. Uh, so, you know, it's the American dream lottery. Yeah. And my dad was dragged to the to the office because he's like, oh, we're not going to win anyway, whatever. No one wins these things. We all know. And and he won. So we got we got four visas for the for the four of us. Um, my dad borrows money, I believe, to get an airplane over here and and comes here, I think, six months before we get here so that he can start working and, and make some money because. Um, we didn't have money. We, we didn't have money. Um, I think my mom talks about crying because I was, I was asking for milk and there wasn't enough money to buy milk. Mm -hmm. So she would, you know, she would like water down the milk and so it's to make it last longer. And um, it was tough. It was a really tough time for, for my family, but kind of like Cam and, and Maddie who don't, realize anything different right now i i didn't have a clue i didn't know that you know we were dirt poor and, and almost to the point of starving um my my parents protected me in that way and and they you know they they had a really positive attitude throughout and then i my dad i think he saved enough money or we borrowed more money from family members uh and and they sent send us over here. Mm. I think we got a little apartment in Pasadena. My, my mom and dad, I think we're working two jobs at a time and then also cleaning houses on the weekend. Um, they didn't know English you know, <laughs> and they have two, two kids who are, who don't know English either, but are going to school and they're going to learn English pretty quickly. Mm -hmm. um, and they're just working their butts off. Um, I'm really I'm really proud to say that my dad is going to retire in the next month. I think in two wow. months, he's going to retire. And it's just, I'm so proud of him <laughs> um, because, you know, people talk about the American dream in a, in a fun way and a, as a fairy tale, but man, this guy, blood, sweat, and tears to get us through what, what we needed to do. And, and now he's going to retire and get to enjoy his grandkids, um, his kids, and just uh, life. You know? Yeah, man. It's, it's Like you said, you hear it all the time. But I remember seeing it and hearing your story as we, we were friends and seeing your parents. I was like, man, this is what an example, you know, of the American dream and, and just uh, just good people. You know, I, I dodge your hugs every time you reach for me. I, but, you know, Mr. and Mrs. Royal, they always get a big one for me. I, they're... Uh, I don't mind. <laughs> I like hugging them. Real quick, what what did they do? Um, you, like, what's your dad retiring from? What have your parents 
jobs been like the past uh, few years? Yeah, you, it's funny you ask because I always ask them and it's, it's a, I don't even know how to explain it correctly. What I can gather is he does IT and software help for a print shop, not a print shop, like a print company that, that does like magazines and, and stuff okay. like that. So he helps with the software of it. Um, and he's been in, in like the print kind of uh, corporations since, I mean, in Peru, they owned a print shop. So he's just, he's been mm-hmm. doing that from there and slowly moving up on stuff. And he was a hands-on uh, printer where he would, you know, put his hands in the, the, the machine when it jammed or whatever. And now he's uh, he's a computer <laughs> guy. Then my mom, my mom, she, she stopped working probably, well, I don't know now, but she was in, oh. in banking. So she was a teller. And then I, I think a couple other things, but mostly, um, yeah, she's been in the bank industry for a long time. She was with uh, groceries when we first got here. Um, so she would work like the night shift stocking stuff and <laughs> I don't know what else, man. Yeah, well, I don't need work. to tell you this, but two very special people, and I definitely wanted to uh, get a chance to talk about them for a second. So, God bless the Roel family. <laughs> um, Rhett, so we're in, yeah. we're in seventh grade, back to back to junior high. Uh, I remember meeting you, and yes, you were as quiet as I was. You were very quiet. I mean, we we had a pretty uh, excitable <laughs> group of junior high kids. Uh, I think any any group of junior high kids is kind of that way, but. Uh, yeah, I remember meeting seventh grade and uh, friendship slowly grew over time into high school. And uh, what what are your memories, Renzo, of just in general of junior high and, and then high school even? Um, I, I think you guys were very different from my friends in elementary mm-hmm. school. Um, I, I remember just my friends in elementary school, you know, getting into bad things and um, – it wasn't leading in the right way for my life. And then when I got, when I got to Rio and I heard you guys talking, it was different conversations. It was, you know, it was clean and no one was swearing. And I was like, okay, this is pretty cool. And and everyone likes sports. Okay. That sounds, that sounds okay. Um, and then I think, I think I warmed up to you guys maybe in eighth mm-hmm. or ninth grade. But seventh grade, I know, was really different for me and, and more isolated, I believe. I, I don't know if I had too many friends in seventh grade like that. Um, but I think, was it eighth grade that we started uh, over I the top? I want to say seventh. Of eighth, whatever. It doesn't matter. Yes. Uh, I was <laughs> – we – we were idiots. We, we we started playing this game at lunch. Uh, I can't even explain it. To be, I'll let you try, Renzo. Yes, it was a game we invented called Over the Top. Well, I feel like you using the we is <laughs> too many people. It sounds like something that you said, hey, guys, this, this could be fun. Let's try it out. So we had these benches, right? These benches with backs on them. And... Uh, and we thought, oh, how cool would it be if we just, we ran as fast as we could. We sat people down, you know, in a row, shoulder to shoulder on the bench. And how cool would it be to have someone jump and try to clear as many people as they can onto that bench? And I think the idiots we were was like, yeah, okay, where do it's I like sign up? It's like a stage dive, right? Like, okay, you go first. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And then it, it morphed into other stuff too. Like the front guy would Flip. would try to would try to lift up the guy, not lift up <laughs> in a helpful way, but like maybe flip the guy that was jumping. So that would be even cooler. Or or we would do a synchronized um, let's leave this guy in the air sort of thing, and everyone get off the <laughs> bench so he just lands onto the bench. Oh my goodness, we had so many injuries and like bumps and bruises, but we kept doing it. And uh, yeah, eventually. Yeah. Someone had to tell us, you guys, you've got to stop this. <laughs> you guys are idiots. Yeah. 
It's not like we learned it ourselves. Someone no, had to tell exactly. Us. It's like if we didn't have that guidance, can you imagine what would have ended up? Yeah. <laughs> oh my God. Well, Reza, we went to high school. Uh, we, you know, it's always been a football, basketball, baseball, were pretty much the, the three sports that you, you played or at least were on a team. Uh, did a pretty good job in football, baseball. You get you good, good with the bat. But I got to tell you, I, I, I really miss you. You, uh, <laughs> you playing some basketball and that hook shot of yours. And well, <laughs> didn't you get a, uh, an injury tonight? Somebody hurt your ankle or something. If I'm, if I remember correctly. Yeah, I mean, you should remember correctly. Oh, it was. It was. I'm sorry. And <laughs> you're not sorry. You ended my basketball. <laughs> I ended your basketball so career? You ended. Oh, my, yeah, I'm here. Yeah, yeah. So you ended my basketball career my sophomore year. Um, it was in the middle of the court, <laughs> I mean, half court, and someone's passing it to me. And, I, and you know, I, I'm not jumping out of the, the arena at that point. So I jump for the ball and I land on your foot and I roll my ankle and um, I, the doctor said something about my growth plate being fractured or something. And I was like, oh, no, no, I'm, I still have some growing to do. I didn't. But <laughs> I'm like, I'm done with this. This isn't this isn't what I want. <laughs> so, yeah, you, you ended my my basketball career and started my soccer career instantly. Yeah, and you know, uh, Rio hadn't played soccer before, and then all of a sudden they said, well, we're going to have a, a JV team or whatever it was. I can't remember all the details. I try not to think too much about soccer, but <laughs> you were on uh, among the, the first soccer teams at Rio Hondo Prep, and I know you were very proud of that. Yeah, I think I missed the inaugural season um, because I, I really wanted to play with my friends, and, and all you guys were playing basketball. Mm-hmm. Um, but then I was like, forget, forget you guys. I'm gonna go get. I'm gonna go get destroyed by these other soccer teams who play soccer all year long. <laughs> Good times, man. Oh my goodness. Well, I I got to touch on baseball because there was there was one thing you were very good at, and 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 that was that was the only thing. <laughs> Oh uh, yeah, you don't sell yourself short. You hit the ball okay, but you were very, very good at getting hit by the pitch. Well, why do you <laughs> why do you think that is? Because I couldn't hit the ball. <laughs> well, see that see that became my role. I, I used to drop the plate and just try to wear one just to get on base. And you know, uh there was a there was a practice. It was a Wednesday night practice. Bill Ritter was pitching, I was catching, and you you were <laughs> pretty close to the plate. <laughs> and it was just a battle of will because you know, we're, we're doing this live simulated pitching and like Mr. Loomis was like, hey, hit by pitches don't count. Stay in the box. <laughs> so you got hit by the ball like six times in a row. And Bill was so mad. He could like, get off the plate. <laughs> get your arm out of there. Yeah, I got I got binged in the head a couple times in that one, too. I, I don't remember it all. I just remember Bill's well, you, reaction. Yeah. Well, you know how really bitter is he? Oh, yeah. He uh, he had a flip. Yeah. <laughs> oh my goodness! Yeah, you. Uh, it was a fun time in high school, just playing ball together and, and going for a common goal. I wouldn't trade it for the world. And uh, you know, it was just. I mean, we took things so extreme. Like I remember, I think I talked to Bill about this. We at lunchtime in high school, we'd have a baseball, we'd be throwing it at each other, we'd practice like <laughs> taking it in the arm. And, uh, <laughs> Mrs. Carson got so mad at us, the school nurse, yeah. Todd's mom. She's like, what are you guys doing? Yeah, and, and I think I think I was a product of the culture that, that we built there. Because mm-hmm. I, I don't think I would have taken it that extreme if it was just left up for me. But <laughs> because of my friends who were just all in on these things, I was like, okay, well, I'm all in too. <laughs> I'm going to go to that. <laughs> had a batting cage and I, I'm going to see if I can hit a 99 mile per hour fastball, which I can't. Yeah. But I'm going to go try. <laughs> yeah. We did so many things together. And, and before me and Bill were the janitors, you and Bill were the janitors. Yeah. <laughs> that was you and Bill. Yeah. You guys were janitors before I uh, came along. I was definitely involved in that, um, that car situation that you guys were talking about. But I yes. don't recall who else was. 
And I don't know if I was the mastermind <laughs> behind that. <laughs> I I don't doubt it for a second. You are a prankster. You you don't have well. I shouldn't say that. Uh, I shouldn't say you have a. <laughs> at times, it feels like you don't have a serious bone in your body. It's like, dude, <laughs> can we just have a regular conversation? <laughs> yeah. Oh my goodness. Uh, well, you know, there, there's been some other fun memories, you know, th- that we experienced. I remember being in Europe with you when we did the the Europe trip. We were in Europe for I think four and a half weeks. The, the all the high school guys, and you know it was usually me, you and Bill hanging out, some other guys too, but you were great to hang out with in Italy because you, you spoke Spanish to the Italians and were able to like get through to them on like what we wanted for our, our pizza and just different things. And I was like, Oh, we got to stick with rent. I was in shock. I was like, how in the world is Spanish and Italian? Like, how is this working? <laughs> and it was way better than English to Italian. And so I will forever be grateful for you. Uh, helping me get through Europe. Yeah, that was such a fun time. Um, yeah, and I still don't understand how they understood me, and and I almost understood them. <laughs> and then I failed Italian on, in college. I, I took it for fun. I thought it was going to be fun, and it wasn't. <laughs> not the not, same, huh? Not, not, even close. Not, not trying to order a pepperoni pizza in Italy. Yeah. <laughs> Oh my goodness. Yeah. I mean, who else gets to go to Europe with their buddies, their teammates, uh, when they was see, that was 2001 when, when, you know, when we're like 15, 16 years old. I mean, it was amazing. Yeah. At the price that it was too. It was yeah. Seriously. When you break it all down. Uh-huh. Yeah. No doubt. I mean, that was, that was a trip that definitely step uh, stands out. There was a lot of other trips and outings and team activities we did. Um, uh, you're, you and I had the privilege. We got out. Go ahead. Oh, you remember taking the bikes to whatever beach it was? We drove our bikes from Arcadia <laughs> bike to. No, it wasn't the. Oh man, yeah. Okay, we drove our bikes to from Arcadia to San Diego, but it was in that one. It was the one a beach trip, right? The beach or something. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. And then you you decided to check me, I think into a fence or over a. <laughs> a riverbank i don't know if you remember this uh, yeah <laughs> i still don't know what you're thinking i, well, I mean I, you know what there were times man and, and it was usually you for some reason you were the target i guess and i just yeah we're riding along and i was like oh there's a hill there what if i kind of merge in front of Renzo so that he has to swerve down this hill or goalie or whatever it was. We just, we just did stupid things like that without thinking. I know I say we, we yeah. it was mostly me, just like, ah, ah let's come on. Crazy, crazy high school kid stuff that, you know, other other teenagers were, were doing, uh, you know, having a lot of fun in other ways, and we were trying to find our own. You know? so we were doing whatever we could, man. Yeah. Oh, fond memories. Well, well, we got to we got, we got to coach together after high school. We worked in the junior high department for a few years, and it was really fun coaching with you uh, because I don't know another way to say this. You were the like, you were the teddy bear, nice. Everything's gonna be okay, coach. And I was completely different than that. So it, it was it was good that we got again got to coach with Todd. So he was a whole nother type of guy as the head coach and you know those were some really fun years working with you oh man i i feel like we were like the mom and dad type in in that relationship (laughs) and sadly i was the mom so i was more the nurturing (laughs) caring what did what did coach matt do this time come over here (laughs) so and and i think sports wise you know i i I still don't know anything about sports, but the boy <laughs> building relationships and, and that sort of thing, shoo, bring them over. And yeah. Oh yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I, and uh, I had a blast with you guys. It was, it was fun. It really was. And just to talk every day about our game plan, what we're going to do for yeah. the week, what we're going to do to prepare for that. That was probably the most fun of all of it was, was planning and preparing uh, together as, you know, young college kids, how we're going to, 
uh, operate the the season and the, the 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 year with with these kids. And there were some great kids. It is so fun to see where all of them have yeah. gone. I mean, so many of them are doing such great things, and it's just it's just so fun to to watch kids develop into into adults and go on to bigger and better things. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and I also I think of those times because literally we would just we would just see each other. We were part of the, the Rio Hondo leadership Academy program or whatever the, and, and it was after like the college program for Rio. And, mm-hmm. you know, we were supposed to be part of that group, but coaching with Todd was a full-time job. There wasn't time for anything else. No, no chicks, no barely school work a little bit but it was just i just saw you guys every single day yeah it was a busy time and just a really really fun time i i really enjoyed sharing it was like almost as, as teammates we got to continue kind of uh living living that life a little bit and working together coach with bill bill was there for a little bit of time and it was it was just a great time i mean i'm repeating myself but it was and uh, you know, we both went on to other things and, uh, you know, that's how life is sometimes. So, uh, but, uh, what else, Renz, are any other memories or, or just thoughts or anything else you'd like to, uh, cover on this podcast today? Do you remember hitting me with the bat? Oh, you don't remember hitting me with the bat. Uh, uh you're going to have to, it was a, it's, it was a fungo. <laughs> you were hitting oh. fly balls oh. to the kids. And I was, I, I think I was behind you, which was dumb on my end. But the, the bat like flew out of your hands and it hit me square on the thigh. I was like, Matt, <laughs> I, was like, I yelled at you and you thought it was a big joke. And I was, I was fine, but it's just those sort of things. It's like, <laughs> it's a danger to be around you sometimes. Uh, yeah, I, I yeah, I think that's the common thread is that uh, you <laughs> we get together somehow you get hurt. I don't know. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, fifty percent of the time it's is what it seems like. So yeah, I do remember that now that you bring it up. Sorry, man. <laughs> that's all right. Well, I I do want to tell you that I really appreciate you because um, I don't I don't have a good memory. Um, I have people designated okay. to remember things for me for periods of my t- life. So for like elementary and, and junior high, it's my cousin Roxana, um, and then mm-hmm. and then you for high school and parts of Archelle, and then Devin between that time and and when I got married. Now Corolla is in charge of my memory, so you <laughs> you're definitely someone that I have to keep in touch with because or else I'll lose all those memories that I had from high school. Oh man, well I I appreciate that very much. You are someone I enjoy texting every now and then just to just to catch up, see what's going on, see how life is. And, you know, it's uh, we have a ton of memories. I'll try to I'll try to remember them all for both of us. But uh, you got some big memories ahead of you to make with uh, the family and the kids and uh, very happy for you guys. Really looking forward to Cameron and Matthew growing up uh, with Papa Roel, Papa Renzo. That's uh, it's cool to see, man. Thanks, man. It's it's a joy. It's a lot of fun. Well, Renzo, thanks for being here. I uh, give my best to Corolla, to your parents. It's uh, it's been fun to catch up a little bit, and and we'll we'll talk again very soon, I'm sure. Thanks, Matt. It was a lot more fun than I thought it was going to be. <laughs> thanks, man. Take care. Bye bye. Another thank you to my good friend, Renzo Rowell. Thank you so much for coming on the program, sharing uh, some stories and memories from the past, as well as kind of what's going on now in your work life. And I just wish you and your family the absolute best. Can't wait to see you all very soon. It was a lot of fun chatting with you, my friend. Well, guys, tomorrow's Wednesday, and you know what that means, Bill Barnes. He is back, back again on the weekly Wednesday weigh-in, the retired police officer is here every single week on Wednesday and he is here uh, bringing his strong opinions. He's been 
He's been simmering for a week now, and he's back on the program. If he's not your cup of tea, we totally understand, but I'm getting a lot of great feedback from other people about him. Bill's getting some feedback directly from some people as well. So love him or hate him, he is here every single Wednesday with us, and I would not have that any other way. Thursday, we're joined by Paul Clark, and Friday is Mars Cerna. That is our lineup. That is what is left for this week. And you know, guys, when we started this lockdown situation in March, we didn't think we'd be this close to summer as quickly as we have. It it seems like time has flown by. At times, I know it seems like it's been at a standstill as well. But here we are, one way or another, approaching the month of June. We just kicked off summer with Memorial Day. And thank you again to everyone who has served and paid the ultimate sacrifice. You are what makes this country Uh, as amazing as it is, and it's not just those who served and did so much for us, but those families, and uh, just, it was really great to look look at uh, social media on Monday, and look at all the different ways people were celebrating, a lot of great posts from people honoring the uh, United States military, and and all those who have served and, and paid the ultimate sacrifice, so thank you again, can't say it enough from the bottom of our hearts. There are plenty of ways to follow the Get Home Safe podcast. Real quick, just throw out our Twitter handle is a Get Home Safe pod. Our email address is gethomesafepodcast at yahoo.com. And our Facebook and Instagram page is also Get Home Safe Podcast. So either way, you follow us and however you reach out to us, we appreciate your support. We appreciate you listening and the feedback you give us. We cannot have a show without you. Well, we could, but uh, you know what? Without listeners, uh, what's the point? You know what I mean? So thanks again. Really looking forward to chatting with Bill Barnes tomorrow. Another thank you to Renzo Orwell. A big shout out to his family as well. That will wrap up another episode of the Get Home Safe podcast. Looking forward to tomorrow. And uh, guys, whatever you're doing, whether you're out in the town or around at third base, get home safe.